0: Oh yeah Oh yeah
1: Everything, everything, everything Gonna be alright this morning
2: Good morning, welcome to RP3 in Company. I'm your host, the big, nearly bald, beautiful one. You know, I'm not technically fully bald, right? I mean, some people are surprised when they come across me, you know, just, you know, everyday Joe. RP3, you're balding, not quite bald yet. You know what I tell them? I say, you know what? I just go ahead and accept it because I know what's coming. I can keep it nice and tight right now, make it look like a tennis ball as much as I can, and I can hang on to having hair on the side of my head, but we all know what's happening. We all know what's coming. Come on now. Oh, man. Going to have a great show. It's going to equal or possibly surpass the tremendous weather we had yesterday and what is projected to have today as we inch closer and closer to a huge weekend for sports. High school football tonight. That's right, we got two games for you on our network of stations here at Delta Media Corp. Acadiana High Reckon Rams will be playing Tonight. Over on our sister station, MeTV FM, 97.7 FM, 1330 AM. Monty Hanks, your play-by-play man, i will be on the call. Nick Fano will be roaming the sidelines. That'll be starting pregame 630. Kickoff, 7 o'clock. Acadiana High. Over on News Talk 98.5 FM. Yours truly. And the one and only Chad Jones, Mr. LSUE, will be on the call for the St. Landry Parish game of the week between Opelousas Catholic and Port Barry, the Red Devils. So we got high school football kicking off tonight. We got the Houston Astros continuing rolling right along, coming off a sweep of the Detroit Tigers. They'll be back at home taking on the Oakland Athletics this weekend at the big juice box you got college football not the best slate of games but college game day is headed to Boone North Carolina so shout out to the Sun Belt conference Sun Belt rise up hashtag fun belt. you have one interesting marquee matchup the only one between top 25 opponents I do believe is AM versus Miami. But it's also SEC opening time for Mississippi State and LSU, who will square off inside Tiger Stadium Saturday, kickoff slated for five. You can listen to the game live right here on the game. And then second week of NFL, that'll kick off tonight, LAKC on Thursday Night Football. That's a marquee matchup. You can listen to it live right here, as you know. And then of course, Saints Bucks on Sunday. So it's a jam-packed weekend. We're gonna get you prepared for it. Mentally, physically, spiritually. Medically. No? Hannah Five names just shaking her head at me. No. Yeah, she's the boss. This is who we have on today's program. We got a good slate for you. You want to get your bets in order? Want to make sure everything is good to go for the weekend? Well, that's why we have Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. He joins us, sports betting analyst expert with more than 3 decades of experience joins us at 7:30, giving you the games to lay money on for this weekend. Then at 8 o'clock, Les East from CrescentCitySports.com will join us, preview Saints-Bucks. Then we're going to talk a little local event for you from the Junior League of Lafayette. We'll stop by to talk the Tinsels and Treasures event that's coming up at the Cajun Dome Convention Center. That'll be coming up in a week. Get a little preview of that for you. That'll be at 8.15. And then giddy up with Gary Goff. The McNeese head football coach will be joining us for his weekly segment at 8.30. Speaking of Coach Gary Goff, we launched the first McNeese coaches show last night. We were in the Chuck The great one himself, Jim Gazzolo, of course, hosted the Menise Coaches Show, as he will every Wednesday night from 6 to 7 right here on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Coach Gary Goff was there for the full hour. We had a couple fans stop by. We had the prize wheel. People won Astro tickets, people won Angola Prison Rodeo tickets, McNeese tickets. And they have a tasty burger. I went with the stuffed. Their specialty is stuffed burgers. I went with the one that was stuffed with macaroni and cheese. Oh, it was good. It was good. We'll be having that for you. Not the burger. <laughs> Just to be clear. Not the burger. But we will be having the McNeese Coaches show for you. Every Wednesday night from 6 to to seven. It's a big weekend for the Cowboys. You know, we talk about the LSU-Mississippi State game being huge for Brian Kelly. It's the SEC opener. Mike Leach's third year. The Mad Pirate comes to Baton Rouge. You remember what he did two years ago when they put up a record for SEC play in passing yards in a game? And they put up a ton of yards last year, but LSU was able to win the game. It's a big game. And not to take anything away from that game, or to take away from the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, opening up on the road, their first road game over in Houston to take on the Rice Owls, but there's something special about what's going to be happening this weekend in Lake Chuck. Tailgating spots sold out. We heard our friend Jim Cazzolo tell us they got a lot of special events planned. Some of the old traditions that the McNeese faithful knew and loved over the years, things they haven't seen in probably a decade, will be making their return. Going to be a big deal. First game at 7 o'clock kick since 2014. First night game since the Hurricanes happened. Lots of buzz going on in town. Hannah and I will be there. It's the type of event that warrants the tag team duo of five names in RP3. Going to be shooting a lot of video, shooting a lot of photos of the festivities as McNeese takes on Alcorn State Saturday night there in the hole. What, what? So, lots to get excited about. Lots to look forward to this weekend. we got a lot going on for this show as well. It will be Hannah Five Names' first time in the Chuck. Is the Chuck ready for Hannah Five Names? Mm, probably not. To be fair, who is? Is anyone really prepared for the producer extraordinaire? No. No. Yesterday, while I was driving over to Lake Charles to get prepared for the Meet Nice Coaches Show, of course, the Houston Astros were on our airwaves. Day baseball. And what did the Strohs go out there and do after taking the first two games against the, we won't say woeful, we'll say rebuilding, hopeful Detroit Tigers. That's a nice way of saying they're not a very good baseball team right now. Well, they went out there and got the win. Wasn't the prettiest. It was a lot closer than many an Astro fan would like, but they got the 2-1 victory yesterday to complete the complete sweep of the Detroit Tigers. Javier was very good. When he is on, you can see why the Strohs keep him in the rotation. You look overall, you just give a, a, a cursory glance, and you go, okay, he's 9-9 nine and nine on the season. Some better run support would probably have given him a couple more wins there, but he has good stuff. Proved it again yesterday afternoon. Six full innings, gave up only two hits, no earned runs, struck out eight through 90 pitches. They turned to the bullpen. Abreu did give up a home run. That's how Detroit scored its one run there in the seventh. But then Stanek and Presley came in, back-to-back innings, combined to strike out three hitters to get the job done. Kyle Tucker, you know what he does? He hits home runs. Eight. For a guy who's an all-star, he feels very workmanlike. Like, you know, he's a possible 30-30 guy this season, which is a great accomplishment. But it doesn't feel like we talk about Tucker all that much. He's kind of just a workmanlike player, goes out there and does his job and when the team needs a big hit, like yesterday afternoon when he got the scoring started there in the fourth with a solo shot to right field, he gets the job done. Brigman hit a sack fly in the fifth to build up the 2-0 lead. Baez hits that home run for Detroit in the seventh, but it wasn't enough as the Stros win the hard-fought 2-1 contest against Detroit. Now they'll return back home to Minute Maid Park weekend series against the Oakland Athletics and if you look at the updated standings their magic number is now seven magic number is seven and you look at the standings Yankees are right there 87 and 56 they're playing better eight and two in their last ten they finally got their act together no home runs For Aaron Judge yesterday, he still sits at 57, but it sure does feel like he's going to break Roger Maris's record for most home runs in a season in the American League. The overall record is held by Barry Bonds, followed by Mark McGuire, and then Sammy Sosa, all national leaguers when they did that. Astros, though, are 93 and 50. So they're in good shape. <laughs> they're, they're in good shape. Your updated wild card standings after last night's action. Toronto sits still atop 81 and 62 overall. Seattle right there with them at 80 and 62. And then Tampa Bay is down at 79 and 63. The Orioles are only four games back. I wouldn't be surprised if Baltimore catches them, but it sure does feel like there's enough of a cushion there. Four games separates Tampa Bay and, and Baltimore that you feel like Tampa can hold on and that your three card teams from the American League are going to be Toronto, Seattle, and Tampa. That's what it feels like to me. In the National League, Atlanta still leads the wild card by 10 games. Phillies right there in second for the wild card. And San Diego, the Padres, have a two-game cushion above the Milwaukee Brewers for the final wild card spot in the National League. Mets do hold a half-game lead against the Braves. Braves and Mets are going to battle it out here until we get to October to figure out who's going to win the division. If if you're Atlanta, I don't think it means that much. I really don't. The way the Braves are built, coming off the World Series run, they're going to make the postseason, and their mindset is, is that they'll they can win just coming in as a wild card team. And the team that we don't talk enough about, I'm not talking about the Dodgers. You're 98 and 44, and are going to win like 110 games. No one talks about the St. Louis Cardinals. I had a conversation with the great one last night about this. When we talk about the teams in Major League Baseball that are contenders, we think about the Yankees and, you know, how much damage the Blue Jays and the Rays can do. Seattle's a dangerous team as a wild-card team. Of course, the Stros, you know, whoever wins the Central may lose in the wild-card round. <laughs> you know, and in the National League, and the Mets and the Braves are battling out, and the Dodgers are going to win the most games. No one talks about St. Louis. More than likely going to have the MVP in Goldschmidt. Albert Pujols has resurrected himself, found the fountain of youth since coming to St. Louis, in particular since the All-Star break. He has the most home runs of anyone that competed in the Home Run Derby since the All-Star break, by the way. The old man has hit the most. And no one's talking about the Cardinals. Just saying. Just saying. Watch out for St. Louis. we got to take a time out here on RP3 and Company. When we return, oh, what are we going to do? We're going to unveil the poll question of the day and then hear a little bit from Coach Dez and the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. That's going to be coming up next right here on The Game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers, Houston Astros.
1: A recent survey said that game listeners prefer our station than filing their taxes. Take that, taxes. This is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
2: In Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface. Sometimes multiple lines, guess what? They're in one area. You may not know it, but they're there. So look, if you or your contractor that you've hired is digging a hole to put in a new fence, a pool, or for any other reason, you run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches. What happens then? Maybe only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there is an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year. There's a very simple way to avoid it. Look, before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out there and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple, it's free of charge, and it's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service. And to promote public safety, Louisiana 811 and the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, reminds you to call 811. And know what's below before you dig. Let's talk a little raging Cajun football, shall we? Got to hear from Coach Dez earlier this week. His team is gearing up for their first road trip of the season. They're going to be heading out to Houston to take on the Rice Owls, who got their first win of the season, defeating the McNeese Cowboys last Saturday. Still a work in progress. They do have the nation's longest winning streak, 15 games. No one's even really close to that. And they've started off 2-0 and for Coach Dez. That's nothing to sniff at either, right? But they're not perfect. They're not where they want to be. We heard Coach Dez when he joined us live on Tuesday here on RP3 and Company that, you know, there's still plenty to work. There's still plenty to do to get better at. But one of the things that they will be doing and will be utilizing is the fact that they're going to be playing two quarterbacks. Chandler Fields and Ben Woolridge both have played well. Ben was nearly perfect against Eastern Michigan. And Coach Des broke down the fact that they're going to be utilizing a two-quarterback system.
3: Those two guys have handled it great. Um, we talked about it from the very beginning, you know, with them and told Chandler from the very beginning, hey, man, Ben deserves to play. And he he looked at me and said, yeah. And Ben's been great. You know, those two guys, they communicate on the sideline. They talk about what they're seeing. You know, they, they give really good feedback. You know, they get each other kind of ready to go. And, you know, I mean, they cheer for each other as much as anybody. So it's going really well with those two. I said it from the beginning. You know, I think for a guy like Ben that, you know, you don't ever want anybody to get hurt ever, but having him get this experience and this confidence playing really well if we ever need him he's got confidence in himself our team certainly has confidence in him and you know we as coaches do because we've seen him do it so you know I just think there's a lot of positives in it and as long as he keeps playing well you know we can continue to do this where you know it's 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 a starter and a backup like we do at a lot of positions and you know he ended up getting a few more series because the game got out of hand in the second half but in the future, you know, hopefully we'll be able to start getting some of the young quarterbacks in if we can ever get in that position again. But you know, I mean, I think playing him 2 to 3 series I think is really fair to him. I think it's fair to our team. And I think as long as, you know, we continue to play well at quarterback with both of those guys, I think it's something that I'd like to continue as long as we continue to play well.
2: He's going to keep doing this and he told us that he thought he had two really good quarterbacks through two games they're pretty even it seems to take Chandler a little while though to get going if that if that makes any sense in the two games he he's not as consistent early on and then he finally he gets into a, a little bit of a rhythm World Wars just comes out and he's ready to go that's I don't know it, it feels like maybe he's the better option but I don't want to jump to that conclusion yet because both have played well and both have led multiple touchdown drives. So, right, they, they're both very capable. You can't really go wrong, but it does feel like maybe Ben's a little better, just a little better. And that's what. Once again, it's only through the practices we've seen and the two games, two games of action. But the other thing that they're trying to work on, the Raging Cajuns, is execution, and making sure that they're more consistent because they played a very good first half of offensive football against Southeastern. Yeah, they had the fourth down play at the goal line that they didn't get any points at. They went for it instead of selling for three. But then they weren't very good in the second half. In the game against Eastern Michigan, they were awful in the first half and amazing in the second half. And Coach Dez talked about the difference between execution that he has seen in the first half of games compared to the second half of their games
3: yeah you know I think in the run game I think uh the issues came from you know and probably you know we hammered it home maybe a little too hard um I felt really strongly that their front particularly their interior on their d-line um was really stout and we talked about having a fire off the ball and get movement on the double teams before we came off to the backers and I think we, we were maybe a little a little over, overzealous on that. You know, we came off the ball, we were running off the ball, but a little bit out of control and we didn't get to the backers on their fits. You know, we were, the double teams were getting movement, but we're out of control and not getting to the second level. And the backs, you know, we pressed all week, talked about being decisive and making the decisions. And I think they were a little impatient on a couple of them. You know, at quarterback, you know, I felt like we could have taken some more of the easy ones early, some of those easy throws and, and we didn't. And that would have taken a little bit of pressure off of the O-line and running backs. And I think, uh, you know, for us, You know, like I said, I mean, you know, we had a couple drops early that really on the far sideline where we're headed towards the tunnel that were kind of right in the sun that, you know, very uncharacteristic of us. And so it was just some of those things that, you know, just kind of happened a little bit. But uh, in the second half, you know, I mean, we didn't change the run plays we were doing. We didn't change the way we were packaging it. We just – we executed a little bit better. And, uh, you know, certainly started pushing the ball down the field, and that, that helped as well.
2: Two games in. 2-0, 2-0, 15-game winning streak, the longest in the country. And they're going to put that on the line against a Rice team on Saturday that's coming off its first win. And, look, they're 1-1. One one. They committed a slew of turnovers, I do believe five, in their opener against the University of Southern California and got trucked. Well, they turned around, and they took that aggression out on McNeese last Saturday and trucked them which Rice team is really the Rice team, right? That, that, that is still early enough in the season where you really don't know what the team really is. But you do know they have some challenges, and the type of challenges that the Owls present are in particular across the line of scrimmage. They got some guys, they got some, they got some dogs across the defensive line, and the Raging Cajuns offensive line hasn't played its best through those two games that could be a matchup favoring Rice that seems to be a big challenge and coach Des talked about the challenges that the Owls present his team come Saturday.
3: They're the most multiple on offense and defense that we've played. You know, they're really really well coached. Those guys have a good scheme and their players understand it. You can tell that. On offense, you know, they're more gap oriented than they are zone oriented and that's a little bit different. You know, when a team plays with a true fullback at times, that's that's really unique in today's game. You know, you don't see it a whole lot. Defensively, they've kind of changed their deal a little bit. They're pressuring a whole lot more. They're doing some of those things. So we've got to be really sound and be prepared to handle the movement, be prepared to handle the pressures. And then, you know, I think on game changers, they play really hard, very solid scheme and good specialist play, which that's a recipe for success in special teams. You know, so we've got to play faster. You know, we've got to execute at a very high level. Our specialists have to play with a lot of detail and play really effectively for us to go out there and have success in that phase as well. So, I mean, they're they're a well-coached team. They're the best team we have played so far, you know, three weeks into the season. So, you know, for us, we got to execute and communicate at a high level and make sure that we, you know, find a little more consistency. It's kind of, you know, just kind of been the thing a little bit.
2: Got to find more consistency and they'll look to do that Saturday as they travel to take on the Rice Owls there in Houston we got to take a timeout. When we come back, we're going to shift gears from college to the pros. Going to talk a little black and gold with you. That's right. Who dat talk is coming up. We're going to hear from Latavius Murray. Back with the Saints add running back depth. Trey Swilling. Yeah, his father is Pat, the Dome Patrol legend. And we'll hear from Jarvis Landry as well. That's all coming up next right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: We love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yeah. Sounds like we were meant to be together or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Back to more of the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: Are you ready for week two of Thursday night football? Then you need to get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. You want more action? Who doesn't? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on LA or KC to win, and if your team leads by 7 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. It's a no list situation. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use promo code one zero three seven game to get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly when you place a five dollar bet on any football game. That's code one zero three seven game only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be twenty one years of age to play, physically present in Louisiana, select parishes only. Bonus issued as a free bet. One early win token issued at opt in. Money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions do apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner is Golden Nugget Lake Charles. And if you got a gambling problem, call 1-877-770-STOP. Let's talk a little black and gold, shall we? Let's talk the New Orleans Saints. Improbable win. Improbable win against Atlanta but now they don't have too much time to celebrate that right they got to get it together got to focus Tampa Bay comes to town yet another NFC South opponent to start off the season and the Bucks got their victory in the opener against the Dallas Cowboys but it's not like they were prolific had to settle for a lot of field goals Chris Godwin's going to be maybe a game-time decision or maybe out this week. They're all-pro wide receiver. One of their linemen is going to be more than likely out for the game or is going to be a game-time decision. Plus, you've heard us talk about the Saints kind of own Tom Brady in the regular season since he came to Tampa Bay. Of course, they did lose to Tommy Terrific and the Bucs in the postseason, which that's the one that really matters but a big matchup for him and Jameis Winston look knows all about his former team and knows in particular the challenges that the the Bucks stout defense led by Devin White and others is going to present he and the offense
0: I think they got big long corners I think Carlson Davis is an amazing corner Uh, he's a he's smart savvy uh, and just very efficient with his feet I think uh their defense, their, their DB coach, Coach Rock, does a great job of preparing them in terms of leverage and, and what they're gonna see. Uh, so I think just their whole defense is in sync. Uh, I think Coach Bowles, I mean, even when I was there, Coach Bowles changed that defense around and, and got them playing together. And uh, when you have, you know, a great corner in Carlton, and you have a, a, a great uh, nickel and safety in Antone Whitfield, you know, you got guys at every level that can make plays. So you got to be prepared to play your best game.
2: Got to play your best game. The defense is legit. Tampa's got a really good defense. But they also have offensive skill guys. Leonard Fournette was an absolute beast against the Cowboys. Just running angry. And Dallas had no no answer to stop the big fellow, the former LSU Tiger. And Demario Davis, the all-pro linebacker, the captain of the Saints defense, talk about talked about the former LSU Tiger.
4: Phenomenal running back. He, ever since he came in the league, he's been able to do it all. You know, a great runner in the ball is in his hand, a great runner after the catch, can make plays out of the backfield, a good pass protector. He can do it all. And um, it's another challenge.
2: It is another challenge. It is another challenge, and the other challenge is when you got an experienced quarterback playing at what forty-five years age. Tom Brady out there still chucking it around, despite the f- making his wife as frustrated as possible. Giselle not happy. Well, the man's pushing it. Man's pushing it with his 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 play for football. <laughs> oh, the wife's worth more than him. Just like to point that out. <laughs> Just <laughs> him go woo, get a little dangerous there, Tommy. But the offense, Mike Evans, if Godwin can play, they have skilled guys, Fournette and more. But, you know, Brady does lead the offense. And DeMario talked about what do you need to do? What do the Saints need to do, rather, to be able to beat Tom Brady yet again?
4: You need a lot. <laughs> you, need your, you need your D-line to have a good day. You need your DBs to have a good day. You need your backers to have a good day. And you need a little luck. He's, he's the best. been doing it for a long time for a reason.
2: Doing it for a long time. Does Jameis think he's going to play that long? Does anyone think they're going to play into the age of forty-five? And Winston was asked that. You know, hey, do you see yourself actually still playing this game at the at forty-five years old?
0: I hope. I hope so. You know, I hope. I hope to do that. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm thankful that you know he has set that standard. Uh, but. You know, it has been a lot of quarterbacks play for a long time, you know? Y'all might, Steve DeBerg played for a long time, man. Y'all don't even know who Steve DeBerg is. Some of y'all might know. But he played <laughs> for, Warren Moon played for a long time, you know? Uh, I think Brady just, he he's he's maintained that level of excellence over an extended period of time, and uh, it's just crazy. You know, people don't know Warren Moon, if you take his stats from Canadian Football League, I don't, you probably ain't talking about a lot of these cats. Uh, he, was, he was amazing, so. This game is – we're all fortunate to be able to play this game. Uh, some, some of us, you know, have more successful careers, but all of us are so thankful that we get the opportunity to, to, to lace them up and go out there in front of our fans and interact with you guys and, and do what we do because it's, it's truly a blessing and a privilege.
2: My man brought up Steve DeBerg, first of all. I remember Steve DeBerg. He was a journeyman quarterback, played for a long time, played for Tampa Bay, Played for Kansas City. As always, Steve DeBerg. He's still out there. He's just out there chucking it around the field. And, of course, Warren Moon is, I argue, a top 10 quarterback of all time. But shout out to Jameis for knowing the history. Good for him. Good for him. He says all the right things. This week isn't just about preparing for Tampa Bay, even though that's the most important thing. The Saints also made a couple of roster moves. One of them was Deshaun Dixon being dropped off the practice squad, the Nichols star, the undrafted guy. I, to answer Hart's question, because he messaged me about this, shout out to Hart, I think Deshaun's going to be that guy that they're going to bring on and bring off. You could see him being part of the transaction wire a couple times this season. But I would like him to stay with the Saints, and they were really high on him as well. But they needed to add depth at running back. They're a little banged up there. There's some question marks whether or not Mark Ingram can still carry the rock. What do they do past him and Tony Jones Jr.? So they brought back Latavius Murray. Think about this. They parted ways with Mark Ingram, let him walk to Baltimore, and they replaced him with Latavius Murray. And then when they let Latavius Murray go and let him walk, they replaced him because they had Tony Jones Jr. Well, then Tony Jones Jr. got nicked up. And couldn't play, so then they brought back Mark Ingram. And now they brought back Latavius Murray. And all of them are on the roster at the same time. <laughs> Latavius, though, big power back, says he's grateful to be back in the black and gold.
0: You know, just grateful. Grateful for the opportunity. Excited. You know, I was excited to get out there and practice today. I'm just excited yeah. to, you know, touch that field again and, and be able to go out there and get to work.
2: He was asked hey, you know what, I'm kind of shaking off the rust a little bit, weren't with the team, you're just now getting back, you know, on the practice field. If your number's called, if your number's called, are you going to be ready to step up?
0: I was just clowning and, uh, with Rod, and I would honestly say I kind of remember more in this system than, than maybe in Baltimore. You know, I was in it for two years plus, and, I, you know, I went through the season with, through Baltimore, but I did all of OTAs, training camp. Here, so a lot of familiar you know, familiarity with the playbook.
2: It's a good pickup for the Saints. As much as I like Dixon at the wide receiver spot, they're loaded there. You needed another quality back that you can count on. You know what you're gonna get out of Latavius Murray, you know he knows this offense, he understands what his assignments are gonna be, he's a power back. It's a good move for the Saints to bring him back. It's a smart move by them to bring him back. Trey swilling was also signed. And that's more of a sentimental thing. Latavius was part of the team for a couple of years but, you know, there's no, you know, there's no emotional connection there, but with Trey, his pops of course was a member of the Dome Patrol, Pat Swilling, and Trey talked about what it's like the feeling of playing for his pops old team.
5: It's super incredible. You can't really find the words to describe how it how it make you feel inside like just me you know being my family being around you know I went to Georgia Tech I went to um, Tennessee and played so I've never been here playing football since my days at brother Martin so not being here and then it's a good time for my family like everyone's having babies and kids so I miss so much of that part of just sacrificing trying to get you know to the next level not being able to be here and being a part of it you know my oldest niece is one and then we have like three coming up we just had another one two months ago Yeah, one coming up next month, another one coming up two months after that. So, it's like I'm in here, perfect timing. It's truthfully amazing. I wish I could find better words to describe it.
2: Uh, uh, Brother, you you said it pretty well right there. (laughs) He found the words. There's some good words there. And you can tell it means means a whole lot to him. And uh, he was asked, you know, does it mean more to put on this uniform, the one that's black and gold?
5: For sure, I think. I mean, I would – I will be lying if I said I didn't, you know, that's kind of the same responsibility I kind of took when I went to Georgia Tech, um, and truthfully, that decision wasn't even guaranteed, you know, my dad didn't push me to go there, it ended up happening, but it's different when you walk in the hall and every time I see them, I'm 56 and, and I'm looking, I'm kind of like, I need to get somewhere up here, I need to do something, you know, I want to have goals and stuff that I want to accomplish, and I realized that I had big shoes to fill, but that's been like that my whole life, you know, so it's nothing to shy away from, but it definitely means a little bit more. I'm a part of, you know, regardless of where I was at, I was still was going to be able to watch Saints game. Now, I mean, I still was going to be watching and kind of hoping unless we play them. And I'm kind of like, already right, I gotta lose. But now I'm here. So now it's like it's everything is just working the way it needs to work.
2: It's a nice story. We'll see if he hangs on, right? But still, it's a nice story. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we'll unveil our poll question of the day, which is be getting a lot of traffic and comments already on our social media accounts. We'll unveil that to you live on the air. And we'll wrap up hour number one. That's next right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. (music) Time is running out. Tick, 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 tick for you to score tickets to the Houston Astros and see them live in person. Go register in the Game Rewards Club to win four tickets to see Houston take on Tampa Bay Saturday, October the 1st. We'll even throw in a tour of the ballpark and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. This is the last Astros weekend giveaway of the regular season. Astro weekend giveaways are powered by Butcher AC, Love Meridian Houston downtown, and the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Poll question of the day. It's about the LSU football team. They're taking on Mississippi State to open up SEC play. there in Death Valley. Should be an electric atmosphere as Mike Leach, the Mad Pirate, comes to town. We asked you, how do you like LSU's chances of beating Mississippi State? Right now, 51% of you say you like their chances. 36% say you don't like their chances. 10% say love their chances. And 3% of you say hate their chances. JPK, the OD, says, honestly don't know. I think good things are coming under Brian Kelly, and he is the kind of disciplined coach we have been desperately needing. It's just a question of just how long it will take for his influence to take hold. But I'm happy that Dallas made an upgrade at quarterback, of course, signing the jokey meme of uncle rico being signed salty steve says "While i be pulling for them apps of freaking lootly can kelly outsmart the pirate questionable will the o-line hold up mystery can lsu find a running game who knows tune in saturday same bat time same bat channel <laughs> keep those comments coming keep those votes coming as well for the poll question of the day hour number one done hour number two coming up right here on the game southwest louisiana sports station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
6: Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Everything. Everything
2: 30 minutes from right now, we're going to get some expert advice for how to approach betting the weekend from Lee Sterling. He's the man from Paramount Sports. More than three decades of sports betting expertise, if you will. And he's going to share that with us coming up at 7.30. As we look ahead, to the games for this weekend we're talking texas a&m miami that's a matchup of top 25 opponents penn state at auburn that could be a sneaky good game mississippi state lsu ul and rice and then of course bucks and saints lee's gonna break it all down for us that's coming up half an hour from right now here in rp3 and company hour number one we recap the astros 2-1 victory over Detroit. Day baseball yesterday to complete the clean sweep. Javier gets the win, improves the 9-9 overall. Tucker comes up big with the solo shot in the ballgame. Hard-fought victory. And now they come back home and they'll be welcoming in the Oakland Athletics for a weekend set. I do believe they're off tonight, Thursday. They'll begin that series play it friday saturday sunday at the big juice box best team in the american league and the astros magic number is now down to seven magic number seven and the show's also got some good news because you heard alvarez talk to the media and says look the the risk is not you know he's actually doing pretty well so he actually came out himself and voluntarily spoke to the media. I was like, look, we're just taking things easy. We're taking some precautions here. I'm good to go. I'll be ready to go. So that's what you want to hear from the young Cuban sensation. Stroh's winners. We also, in hour number one, heard from Coach Des as his team prepares to take on the Rice Owls Saturday night for their first road game of the season as they look to extend their nation's longest winning streak to 16 games. We heard from Coach Dez. We also heard from the New Orleans Saints. Jameis Winston, Demario Davis, Trey Swilling, and Latavius Murray as well. And our poll question of the day is up for you to speak on. How do you like LSU's chances of beating Mississippi State? This is an intriguing game. The betting line, by the way, is only two points in favor of Mississippi State. That's it. So this is essentially a coin flip game. Home team usually gets three points. So this is a close game. And we asked you, how do you like LSU's chances of beating Mississippi State? Right now, 50% of you say you like their chances. You're feeling good. 38% 38% of you say you don't like their chances. 10% say you love their chances. And 2% of you say you hate their chances. We already shared some comments from JPK, the OD, and Salty Steve in our number one, but let's get to some more here. Ton says, LSU's chances of beating State are far better than your chances of finding a good place to eat in Columbia. I'll tell you that. Thank God I'm working from home today. This man carried on the Columbia shade today, day number two. I'm here for it. <laughs> good for Todd. Ralph Bergeron says, look, if they play discipline and can lasso Will Rogers a few times, should have a good chance. Thank God it's not in Stark Vegas with the cowbells. Rather listen to Foot on a Monday following a Saints, Cajuns, Tigers, and Astros loss than listen to those bells. Woo. That tells you how much he doesn't want to hear those bells. John Paul Cajun Daddy says key is they must play very disciplined in the secondary. That is, yeah, right? Because Will can chuck it. And they're going to attack you. And they're going to get their yardage. You just can't give up the big plays. And that secondary they're still trying to piece together? He's going to have to play far better. With the McNeese transfer and the UL transfer, they kind of pieced it all together. He further says, I know there's a chance of winning. VS State is better than Hannah's chances are of beating me in our fantasy game this week. Ooh. Ooh, John Paul coming for the fire at five names. And our guy, Darren, number one raging Cajun fan of RP3 and company, says he gives it a 50-50 chance. Let's head out to the hotline. We got people that want to comment on the poll question as well and talk a little LSU. We're going to start things off with our guy, Doug. Doug, good morning to you, brother. What's on your mind, my friend?
4: Morning, Ray. Listen, Ray, they're going to have to play state like they did last year. And that's staying in primarily a 3-4 defense. Because of the way State likes to air it out, but uh, the thing is, is the linebackers and the corners. They have to cover, but like uh, your guest said yesterday morning, they're going to dink and dive you all the way, nickel and dime you all the way down the field, those little three, five-yard crossing routes. They, They can kill you, just like Florida State. These linebackers—that's—that's that's the issue. I'm, I'm not sold on our linebackers and our corners yet. Our safeties are going to have to play up. Yeah. But they—they they were look—they were twenty points ahead going into the fourth quarter last year. State came back with fifteen points in the fourth quarter. That's what—that's what made the game close. You're right, brother. They're going to have to—they're going to have to stick with it, man. A three-four defense. You watch what I'm saying, Ray.
2: And, and brother, you look, you're going to have to get really good games. Look, having the big fellas up front, Roy and, and those guys back, and uh, Ajalari back for this game, that, that'll yeah. help. But against a Mike yeah. Leach offense, you're linebackers, right? That's the key, and that's the yep. question mark we still have about LSU's defense is the linebackers. You're going to need a big game from Mike Jones, the Clemson transfer yep. who's now year two there. You're going to need another big game from uh, Micah Baker's, uh, uh Micah, you're going to need a big game from him. And then on the back end, Colby Richardson, the McNeese transfer. Sage Ryan, the former LCA star. Ward? Uh, 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 yeah. Ward? You, you, yeah, Ward. You, you, those guys are going to have to be on top of yeah. it from, from yeah. start to finish. So, I, look, I think this is a coin flip game. I think this is going to say a lot about this LSU team and how their season goes. Uh, but it would be interesting to see. It's not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination, Doug. Last,
4: last year, Ray, it was Max Johnson. Yeah. He had, he had four touchdown passes. Boutte had two touchdown passes. And, Ray, it's Boutte, not Boutte. Let me get that straight. See, I
2: say Boutte. <laughs> see, I say Boutte. Everyone's saying Boutte now. I'm like, what? what are you talking about?
4: Yeah, Dude. man. I don't know what I'm scratching my head over that, Ray. <laughs>
2: Doug, I appreciate your phone call, brother. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday, my friend.
4: Thanks, Ray.
2: Let's head back out to the hotline. Welcome on. Some people call him Jamie. Some people call him Mr. Green. Others call him proud Northwestern State alum. I call him the demon of destiny himself. Mr. Green, good morning, sir. How are you?
7: good morning Mr. third I'm doing fine how are we doing today
2: does anyone else call you the demon of destiny I, I, am I the only one that has bestowed this nickname on you
7: you are the only one who calls me the demon of destiny though most other people just call me bonehead
2: <laughs> uh, you're welcome bud I'm trying to I'm trying to, I'm trying to lift you up bud I'm trying to lift you up
7: oh, I appreciate that man it's always a good day getting to talk to you Because you always have the most uh, epic of introductions. Um, I wanted to go in on the the poll question of the day and ask you an LSU uh, question, if that would be all right with you.
2: By all means, brother.
7: All right. So, uh, for the poll question of the day, I like LSU's chances. I don't love them. Uh, I believe Mr. Doug brought up the the pass defense and and the linebacker is going to have to play well. And, you know, I'm worried about that secondary if I'm an LSU fan. I mean, yeah, they play great against Southern, and and no offense to Southern because they're a quality program, but there's Southern going against an LSU team. You know, they should have success. But looking at that FSU game and everything, that secondary just – if I'm an LSU fan, it scares me. So uh, I like their chances. I don't love their chances. And if they play against uh, Mississippi State like they did last year – they don't have a chance. That's that's just my two cents. And then I do have this question: Is this um, LSU? You know, they're not they're not great like they have been in the past, and that's to be expected. You know, rebuilding and everything. But is there a chance that Arkansas finishes better than LSU? Because man, Arkansas is looking good, and I know they're not going to go undefeated, but they have a real shot at finishing. Uh, second or third in that uh, SEC West, it seems like. So I just wanted to get your opinion. Do you think LSU finishes higher or lower than uh, Arkansas this year? And I'll uh, listen to what you got to say. Thanks for taking my call.
2: Appreciate the phone call, Jamie. Have a great day, brother. You know, it's interesting. You look at the West, and it's Alabama and then everyone else, right? A&M is flawed. They're not nearly as good as we thought they were going to be. Still don't know quite what LSU brings to the table. Uh, Don't forget about Ole Miss. A lot of people aren't high on them, but they're coming off a 10 win season. But it would not surprise me whatsoever if Arkansas finishes in second place in the SEC West. Sam Pittman's done a very nice job there. The kids play hard for him, he's got it done the right way, they're disciplined. Do I think Arkansas is going to finish higher than LSU in the SEC West? Yes. Yes. Does that mean that LSU is going to have an awful season? No. I mean, Arkansas right now is ranked as a top 25 team, and rightfully so. They've earned it. And they do present a challenge to Alabama because Arkansas can be physical up front. I don't know if Ole Miss can be physical up front. But, I mean, I look at it right now. Look, it's only through the first few weeks of the season. But the two teams that seem to me to present the biggest challenge to Alabama this year is going to be Mississippi State and it's going to be Arkansas. Now, they may not. As the season progresses, Alabama may fix those glaring issues they have, in particular their line of scrimmage play that was abundantly clear against Texas. Or they could sneak up and get them. I don't know, but I if it stands as it stands right now, just seeing what I've seen through the first two games, Arkansas is clearly the far better team. Now, could LSU improve as the season progresses? Absolutely. But Arkansas is the better team as it stands right now. Keep those phone calls coming. Call the hotline. It's 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. And keep voting on our poll question of the day. Once again, how do you like LSU's chances of beating Mississippi State? That's our poll question of the day on this Thursday edition of RP3 and Company. Right now, 46% of you say you like their chances. 38% say don't like their chances. 12% say love their chances. And 4% say hate their chances. Keep voting those votes coming keep those comments coming as brad has chimed in always like lsu's chances in this matchup but it's very unpredictable this year go tigers yeah look lsu has dominated this series dominated as brad shared a screenshot of the all-time series but mississippi state you know came to tiger stadium a couple years ago and got the win and this is Mike Leach coaching them now, too. So, and LSU's down, right? That's the other part of this. LSU's down. LSU's in a rebuilding mode. So, if you're going to catch the Tigers sleeping, if you're going to take advantage of that, now would be the time. Last couple years in in this season. Look, this season's going to be a transition year. Martin has chimed in, somehow relating it to Yankee shade because he can't help himself. The Kitty Cats have as much chance as the Yankees have winning the World Series. Zero, and it's a good thing the Cajuns didn't play the Cats last week then they would have four sbc teams with upsets. Oh, Martin. <laughs> keep those votes coming, keep those comments coming. We got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company though coming up right here on the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and you're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: RP3 is the epitome of a high roller, constantly making large bets. But by doing that, the minimum bet is a dollar
2: for a win, a dollar for a place, a dollar for a show. So it's essentially a $3 bet. That netted me a cool
1: $6.70. What? Okay, so he's not a risk taker. He's your best bet for sports stock. 19. Hit me. 20. Hit me. 21. Hit me. 22. do oh! Now back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: Oh, Lafayette marble and granite they offer the largest selection of granite quartz and marble and acadiana and they appreciate the opportunity to earn your business as you've heard me tell you before over and over again LMG provides more than show-stopping marble countertops for your kitchens your bathrooms and even your man caves LMG also now has an extensive selection of custom shower builds with their grout-free showers that's right No muss, no fuss, and no odor. No one wants a smelly bathroom. I don't. Hannah Five Names doesn't. You don't. So go make sure to visit their website. It's LMGElite.com. That's LMGElite.com to learn more about all the sensational services and great products that they have to offer. Live inventory, guess what, is updated every single Wednesday. It's right there for you. Go visit LMGElite.com or simply stop by their soon-to-be-renovated showroom located on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford, Lafayette, Marble, and Granite. They're looking to earn your business, and guess what? Trust me. Earn it, they will. Baseball. Unfortunately, no baseball for you tonight. I mentioned it earlier. Stroh's Athletics have their series this weekend, but there'll be no game Tonight, because we got the Brian Kelly show, which will be live from 7 to 8, okay, for LSU. And then we'll join Thursday Night Football in Progress, courtesy of Westwood One. And on our sister station, where we typically would have the Houston Astros for you, we have St. Landry Parish Game of the Week. Opelousas Catholic versus Port Barry. So we got no place for your strokes. But if you want to catch them, you have to catch them through Amazon, maybe. And then you got the weird thing, and by the way, you're going to have Thursday night football for the NFL on Amazon as well this season. So I'm not for sure how that works. I'm not smart enough to understand how that works. But athletics do take on the Astros. It starts tonight. McCullers is going to be on the bump. Three and one, two point two zero ERA. He's going to be taking on, I don't know, some donkey who's three and nine. <laughs> That's all I know. That's all I know. So, yes, LA. Casey, tonight, let's talk a little bit about that Thursday night football matchup. It's interesting. It's a marquee matchup. feels like a Monday night football matchup, doesn't it? In a big way. And Kevin Foote brought up this point on his show, and I want to piggyback off it a little bit. I agree with him. You can't sit there and talk about player safety if you're having guys play a football game four days after the fact. It's a sport of gladiators. That's what it is. It's a sport of gladiators. And... having a team play on Sunday? And then turning around and having to play... Again, on Thursday. So you you play on Sunday. Monday's going to be a recovery day. Maybe a light workout day. You're not going to go hard hitting pads or anything. On, so it, Monday, Tuesday, that's, like, that's it? You're going to have three days of rest before playing another game? So the, the NFL cannot sit there and talk about how concerned they are about player safety when they're the ones that have drove the ship of us having Thursday night football. We now have NFL Thursday, Sunday, Monday. And when it gets later in the season, sometimes we have Saturday games as well towards the tail end of the season once college football starts wrapping up. I get it. You have a product that you're promoting. It's a brand. You're making a ton of money. It's a billion-dollar industry. I get all that. I understand the logistics on why that's happening. I truly do. That said, you can't sit there and talk about player safety at the same time when you're having these two teams that played on Sunday turning around playing again on Thursday. The body doesn't recover properly just doesn't. You're not giving it enough time to truly do so. That's not how it works. But there was an opportunity years ago to launch Thursday Night Football. And here you go. And now we have it. And look, we'll watch. It's going to be Chargers-Chiefs. It's going to be a good game. Two young quarterbacks, one a former league MVP, Super Bowl champion, another one a lot of folks feel is a top-five guy or nearing being a top-five guy in Justin Herbert. You got the stars. You got the teams. It makes a lot of sense. We'll watch it. We'll listen to it. But to what Kevin said yesterday, you can't sit there and beat the table about player safety and everything like that when you're having guys turn around and play literally four days later. It's just not how it works. Can't have it both ways. Can't have it both ways. We got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, we'll talk sports bets for the weekend with our guy, Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. He'll join us live next, right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and you're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: Here on RP3 and Company, everyone is apparently part of the game family. Brother, 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 brother. Seriously, how many brothers does Ray have? Good morning to you, brother. Back to Ray and all of his brothers right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake, Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
2: You don't have a slew of marquee matchups this weekend for college football. You just don't. Only got one top 25 matchup. But you do have some intriguing games on the docket. And to break it down for us from a sports betting perspective is a man who has three decades plus of sports betting expertise. He's the man that runs Paramount Sports. Lee Sterling joins us here on RP3 and Company. Lee, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend?
8: Good morning. You know what happens, RP3? It never works out the way you think it is. Now, everyone thought all these great games, and that was going to be the focus last week. And obviously some of them were like Alabama and Texas. But it was the upsets. I mean, all these, you know, double-digit upsets by, you know, a lot of schools in the Sun Belt last weekend. So uh, you never know uh, what's going to happen. that's what makes college football so great.
2: Let me ask you that before we get to the games, brother. Does When you see group of five conferences like what the Sunbelt's been able to do now for a few years because they've done this now for three or four mm-hmm. years where they get paid a good amount of money to go and then hand a team a loss, <laughs> You right. know, does that change uh, how you approach things or does that make you just pay attention a little bit more to those group of five conference teams and go, oh, okay, May, you know, maybe I need to do a little bit more digging on them.
8: Oh, I've always, you know, uh, felt that, that a lot of these teams, especially team right in your backyard, Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns, are, are one of those teams. So there's so much talent out there, and good coaches can find that talent and, and and you know, not only just find it, be able to, to coach these kids up. And those kids, they've got a, you know, they, they've got a nice, you know, uh, they they're playing when they walk into those stadiums like Texas A&M like App State did uh playing with a chip on their shoulder they love going into places like that and i mean like App State dominated that game it was it, the the score was much closer than the game actually was except for that kickoff return they win that game by two touchdowns so uh uh don't underestimate these teams obviously some of the other teams the lower level teams you know the FIUs the uh, ULMs are not going to be able to play with the big boys, but um, the top tier teams on any given day can beat them. And we've seen that time and time again.
2: Speaking of one of those teams that found itself on the upset special last week was Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher and company. Uh, that offense just looks awful. It just looks like it's stuck from 20 years ago. Now they lose the app state and they have to bounce back in a big way because You have a Miami team under Cristobal who is trying to rebuild that. They looked a little sloppy last week, Lee, but they're coming in. They're going to be taking on Texas A&M. A&M's the five-point favorite. That seems a lot to me, especially the way they've looked offensively. What do you think of this matchup?
8: Yeah, so (laughs) – I think that that Miami would have preferred A&M to have won the game. That way they could sneak into the stadium, and A&M would feel great about themselves and maybe shock them. Uh, Miami must play with this lead. They're not a team over the last couple decades that can end up, you know, falling behind by double digits and come back and win the game. I don't see it. Uh, Miami might try a trick play. Uh, They haven't shown anything. But uh, I have a feeling Haynes King is on a real short leash. If he doesn't produce, I'm talking about like the first two drives, we're going to see Max Johnson in there. He split time the last two, two days from what I'm hearing in practice. So uh, I like a and I think they're going to run the ball on Miami. I think they're going to be able to to, to throw the ball down the field against two of the three cornerbacks. I'm talking about like DJ Ivey to Corey Couch and be able to hit on some big plays. And Miami linebackers last year were rated dead last, dead last uh, in missed tackles, more missed tackles than any other group of linebackers. I think they're a little bit better this year, but uh, they're not there yet. I think Miami's probably a year or two behind Texas A&M. I think Miami might have a chance to tie or take the lead late in the game, but uh, I think ultimately it's going to fall a little short. I like A&M here. Big night game, 27-20.
2: Let's go to another matchup involving an SEC team, and that's Auburn. I still don't quite know what to make of what they're doing there uh, offensively and all the stuff that happened in the offseason, but they're taking on a Penn State team that we talk a lot about, and maybe they're going to have a breakthrough year. You just never do know. Nittany Lions are the three-point favorite against the Tigers slash War Eagles slash Plainsmen. How do you like this game, and how you you in this game, Lee?
8: Auburn's stepping way up in class. They had two pillow fights against Mercer, who I forget sometimes even has a football team, and San Jose State. Now, I think I know Penn State's defense real well, and you need to either be able to throw the ball really well, like Ohio State did last year, or Purdue in the first game this year, or run the ball like Michigan State did last year behind Kenneth Walker to dent this Penn State defense. Last year, only Ohio State and Michigan State scored above 24 points on this unit. I think they're similar this year. Um, They held Michigan last year to 21. Arkansas, who's explosive on offense, to 24. So um, Auburn, you look at their running game, 57th in the country, and that's against Mercer and San Jose State, nothing special. Uh, Their quarterback, T.J. Finley, Maybe not as turnover-prone as Bo Nix, but pedestrian. And Sean Clifford seems to be coming on for Penn State. He's settled in here. And Penn State, a really good road favorite, 13-7 as a road favorite the last 20 games. I like the Nittany Lions here, 28-20 over Auburn.
2: Mississippi State, LSU, year three of Mike Leach. They go on the road last week, beat Arizona in a late-night kick on Saturday night. LSU got the first win of the Brian Kelly era, taking on a way overly matched Southern team. This game is in Death Valley. It feels like a coin flip game to me. The spread, the latest one, is two in favor of the Bulldogs. Do you think the Mad Pirate goes into Death Valley and gets the win?
8: So Here's what's crazy about the Mad Pirate and his team. Usually they are not disciplined teams. Correct. Usually uh, commit a lot of penalties. Usually – they're not balanced, uh, but this year's team, I think is except for the kicking position, I like this team a lot, so they did lose last uh, year in that game uh by seven points, but um i I just think that this team is more talented and more sound, um even penalties look uh their first two games committed less penalties than their opponents. they uh faced a seven nothing deficit last week against Arizona. Um, didn't flinch, outscored Arizona 39-10 uh, to 10 from that point on. So uh, Will Rogers, I mean, this is a kid that just stands in there, reads defenses, distributes the ball, six different receivers last week, um, thrown for almost 800 yards in two weeks. I just don't like Jaden Daniels. I think he lacks a grasp of the offense. I think they're going to eventually make a change to him probably in the next couple games um, I don't think LSU can pass enough here to keep up with Mississippi State. I think LSU just doesn't have the talent there yet. It's going to take a couple of years. I like State here,
2: 30-21. to 30-21 to there in Death Valley. And let's keep it with the Louisiana flavor, so to speak, as we talked to Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports, a man with more than 30 years of sports betting expertise. The Louisiana Raging Cajuns, they had a rough go of it early last week. Lee, a little surprising, was shut out, had a lightning delay, come back and then just explode for 49 points in the second (laughs) half and really showed what their potential is. They're going to Houston on Saturday. They're taking on a Rice team that got roughed up a little bit, had a ton of turnovers versus USC in the opener but got their first win of the season against McNeese out of the FCS a week ago. The spread is 12 in favor of the Cajuns. I think it's probably going to be a little bit closer game, especially with the size of that defensive line that Rice has. They have a couple draft prospects as well. What do you think of the betting line, and, and how are you laying money on this game?
8: is a little underrated if you watch that usc game I mean, they had three pick sixes go against them and that that's what greased the skids but they haven't beaten a non-conference division one opponent since 2015 that's if you're counting 19 in a row um cajun's number 16 run defense here matches up against how rice likes to travel and that's running the football so i think that Favors uh, the Raging Cajuns here, and Rice is going to slow down the pace. They, they like to snap the ball with two, three seconds to go. Um, so maybe only sixty, sixty-five plays from both teams here, and that sometimes can keep uh, a game close. But Raging Cajuns, uh, eight and one against the spread as a road favorite versus opponents here with a three thirty-three or less winning percentage from the year before. I, I think uh, they double up Rice here, forty-two twenty-one.
2: And they would extend the nation's longest winning streak to 16 games.
8: Mm-hmm.
2: Once again, the Sun Belt <laughs> making yeah. ma- uh, making waves, so to speak. All right, bud, let's transition from the college game to the pro game. We know we got Thursday night football tonight. That's a marquee matchup between the Chargers and the Chiefs. But we got a good one on Sunday. The Saints found a way, whether you want to say that the Falcons choked it away or they won it. Yeah, both things are probably a little true there as they put together one of the most improbable victories, the greatest comeback victory in Saints history as they take down the rival Dirty Birds. They're welcoming in the Bucks on Sunday to a sold out, jam-packed, loud as all get out, Caesar Superdome. The line is three for Tampa. Now Tampa's coming off a win themselves, but Godwin's gonna be a game time decision. They're all pro wide receiver. One of their starting offensive linemen is going to be a game time decision. The offensive line's banged up, not really great. And they had to settle for a lot of field goals against Dallas. Tell me what you think about the point spread. Three in favor of Tampa as the road team. And how are you betting this game Sunday?
8: Well, it sure looked like Tampa Bay was ready to go. Um, their offense wasn't uh, clicking on all cylinders, but that defense, I mean, overwhelmed Dallas. So uh, um, credit to them. Uh, I still don't think the offense is going to all of a sudden start uh, clicking. Tom Brady has had some real problems against the Saints in his five starts. He's one in four straight up and against the spread. Uh, eight touchdowns, eight interceptions, so nothing special. Uh, Jameis Winston started slow, but rallied his team from that 26-10 to deficit early in the fourth quarter uh, to that 27-26 one. Both defenses are obviously ahead of the offenses here. Um... I like the fact that you know Pete Carmichael uh, stayed around, uh, offensive coordinator. There's continuity there. And Dennis Allen, former defensive coordinator, uh, is the head coach. I, I think this is one of the better coaching staffs here. Saints have covered 67% of the time as an underdog. Um, the last 52 games, that's an incredible stat. Uh, I think the wrong team's favored. I think the Saints pull off the upset 24-23.
2: Twenty four twenty three in favor of the Hoodats. Uh Lee, you picked against LSU, but you picked for the Saints. So you're making people happy and <laughs> ha- happy and sad at the same time this morning. Uh, I
8: gotta call it the, I gotta call it the way I see it. So uh, I understand, brother. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Well let's
2: wrap up with this. Give us what your your game of the week is and tell the people where they can go uh to get all the great information that you provide when it comes to betting on college football in the NFL, brother.
8: Yeah, one of the real good rivalries out in the South is Georgia and South Carolina and the SEC. They do battle on Saturday. Um, if you want to get the game for free, just call 800-400-9741. We'll give you the game for free. 800-400-9741. And um, if someone's never been with me before, you don't have to sign up for a month or the season this week. We have what's called our Baker's Dozen. That's right, 13 games uh starting on Saturday morning going all the way through Sunday night just $97 so never been with me before you want to try us out a great way to get involved it's our most uh uh sought after promotion i get more emails calls and 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 also text from clients, and they love it. Um, This way, you're all ready to go. As soon as you purchase it, a window pops open with all 13 games. You don't have to call back on Saturday or Sunday to get your selections. So, Baker's Dozen, 13 selections. We've had four out of five winning weeks since the first week of the preseason. Love to have you for the ride. ParamountSports.com or call us here at the office, 800-400-9741.
2: Lee, appreciate your time as always, brother. Can't wait to talk to you next Thursday morning. Enjoy the weekend and best of luck.
8: Sounds good. Take care.
2: He likes the Cajuns. Yeah. And he likes the Saints to win. He says the wrong team is favored. Lee Sterling has spoken. There you go. I like that. We got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, we will wrap up our number two, give you an update on that poll question of the day concerning those LSU Tigers. That'll be coming up next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Oh, it's another two-for-one deal from AcadianaDeals.com. You can get yourself a $40 voucher. To Dickey's Barbecue Pit for just $20. That's a $40 deal for half the price. Once again, visit AcadianaDeals.com today to get yourself a $40 voucher to Dickey's Barbecue Pit for only $20. That's a heck of a deal. So a heck of a deal. Go get your deal on. Who doesn't like to get stuff half off? I know I do. Hannah Five Names does. Steve Wiley does. The intern, Moses Campos, probably does. So should you. Poll question of the day. We asked you, how do you like LSU's chances of beating Mississippi State? Game is what? Mississippi State's only a two-point favorite. This is going to be a close game, a coin flip game. We're going to find out a lot about LSU. We're going to find out a lot about Mississippi State. Great early season conference tilt. Right now, 49% of you say you like their chances. 37% say you don't like their chances. 11% say you love their chances. And 3% of you say you hate their chances. Plenty of comments. We've touched on a slew of them this morning. For myself, it's still a big question mark, this game. Mississippi State is 2-0. and Mike Leach always improves in year three. He did so at Texas Tech. He did so at Washington State. It feels like his team is on the rise. Brian Kelly has his work cut out for him. Once again, took over a team that only had 38 scholarship players available for the bowl game. He's had to hit the transfer portal. He's had to get guys, and and he's had to recruit his tail off. And he's trying to, you know, put pieces together that may not really fit. But after falling short against Florida State in the opener for the All-State Louisiana kickoff, they did get back on track with a win against Southern, but... That's against Southern. They're from the FCS, so what can you take of that? What can you take away from that? Is the offensive line going to be good enough against the 3-3-5 defense of Mississippi State? I don't know. Is the secondary for LSU going to hold up against that passing attack? Because Rodgers can chuck the ball, and he's wildly efficient. Can the front seven of LSU get enough pressure to disrupt that? Can they get some uh, takeaways? I don't know. There's a lot of question marks about LSU still, and we're entering the third game. So I don't know how this game is going to go. Would I be surprised if it goes similar to how the game went against Florida State, a frustrating game where they had some chances and let them get away? Yeah, because it is a transitional year. It's a transition season. Don't forget that. It's a transition season. Keep those votes coming. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter for our poll question of the day. How do you like LSU's chances against Mississippi State Saturday inside Death Valley? 5 o'clock kickoff. You can listen to it live right here on the game, of course. That's going to do it for us for hour number two when we return, our final hour. And we'll kick it off with our guy, Les East, from CrescentCitySports.com. We'll talk all things black and gold. That'll be next right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parks III, better known as RP3. Hour
2: number three has arrived here on RP3 and Company. Our final hour of this Thursday edition 30 minutes from right now, the man in charge of the McNeese football program, Coach Gary Goff, will be joining us for his weekly visit. Giddy up with Gary Goff. That will be half an hour from right now. In about 20 minutes from right now, Talking tinsels and Treasures Marketplace event that's coming up to the Cajun Dome Convention Center, Maddie Pierce will be joining us. That's all coming up later on on this edition of rp3 and company but right now it's time for us to kick off hour number three talking all things black and gold the improbable win how did it happen can he actually believe that it happened and now the team has to gear up for yet another divisional opponent this time inside the caesar superdome on sunday when new orleans welcomes in tampa bay To break it all down for us is the man from CrescentCitySports.com, the award-winning columnist, reporter, and a man who's got more dance moves than you can even think about, Les East. Les, good morning to you, brother. How are you today, my friend?
9: I'm doing well, Raymond. How are you?
2: I'm doing great, bud. Okay, so when the clock turned to the fourth quarter for Sunday's gate, you're sitting there and you're probably watching it and covering it for ChrisTheCitySports.com. What's going through your mind? Like, just what's what's going through your mind of going, well, I can go ahead and write my lead because this one's done.
9: Well, yeah, pretty much. When, when the fourth quarter started, I, I figured they were, they were dead and buried because they had played so terribly for three quarters and the Falcons had played so well. And then when they kept, the Falcons out of the end zone at the beginning of the fourth quarter and kept to the 16-point game. I was thinking, well, you know, mathematically this can still work. You know, if they'd given up a touchdown there, I think it would have been too much. And then after the kickoff, the Falcons uh, went soft and they started dropping eight guys and they playing zone and playing a semi prevent defense. And the Saints got a touchdown on a two-point conversion in, in four plays. And after that happened, you could just sense that everything changed. And all of a sudden, I thought uh, then that they actually had a chance. And, uh, of course, they had to do a, a million other things before they actually got the victory. But that little sequence there where the Falcons went soft and the Saints went hurry up, Uh, just changed everything and the Falcons could never get a turn back in their direction it was remarkable how quickly it changed
2: how concerning is it by the way the offensive line and defensive lines played in this ball game where they got pushed around and Atlanta was the more physical team for really even more than three quarters
9: Well, it it was concerning because uh, they they can't continue to play that way and and have much success. Now, the thing that's not as concerning is that uh, I think there's enough evidence that they have a really good defensive line to suggest that they're going to be able – Uh, to do better going forward. They've had an awful lot of success against Tampa Bay's offensive line the last two years, and Tampa Bay's uh, had to make some changes there uh, since last season. So that should be a good matchup for them this week. We'll we'll see if it actually is. The offensive line, I think, is a little bit bigger concern because there were question marks about the left tackle position going into the season, and uh, so I think we're less certain of the potential for the offensive line compared to the defensive line, although I think some of the pass protection issues go beyond the offensive line, and Dennis Allen talked about this on Monday. I, I think you have uh, running back and quarterback issues that uh, factored into some of the pass protection Problems, and I think we saw something similar last year uh, when they played at Carolina in Week Two. They had uh, similar problems that weren't all the fault of the offensive line. So I'm sure they're working to fix that this week. Jameis Winston took most of the blame for that yesterday after practice. So that that's a a trickier thing to fix, but uh, that's something they're working on this week, and it's not strictly the offensive line. In the pass protection, I think in the run game, that the line's going to have to do a better job if they're going to get the running game going this week.
2: Why did the Saints bring back Latavius Murray?
9: Well, a couple of reasons. We've been talking since the spring about them trying to get another veteran running back uh, as depth and also insurance in case there's any disciplinary action against Alvin Kamara. And uh, I think financially, after the first week of the season, it becomes more viable to bring in a veteran. You're not uh, giving them as much guaranteed money uh, after the first week of the season. So that made it financially more viable. And then Kamara uh, got nicked up a little bit on Sunday with a bit of a a bruise. on One of his ribs, I don't – doesn't seem like it's a big deal he's going to talk I believe after practice today we might know more so I don't think that's anything serious but having Murray on board uh, gives him insurance in case Kamara's is limited or unable to play on Sunday which I think is unlikely that he'd be unable to play and, and it just gives him more depth going forward so uh, and it's a guy who's familiar with the system so that that's a need they've been looking at for months now, and it, it became financially more viable for them to make the move now.
2: So they improved their running back depth, which I think is key. But then I, I go back to the game, less and I go play calling from Pete Carmichael, and I, I you line up Mark Ingram in the shotgun, and I, 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 you, you ran Taysom Hill, and Atlanta couldn't figure out how to stop the big fella in that role, and he was really good at it. And then you go with Mark Ingram. I, it felt like, it, it felt if if I had closed my eyes, I was like, oh, Sean Payton's still there. Like it, it was one of those you're you you believe you're the smartest guy in the room kind of things when you could just line up and just play big boy football and get the job done.
9: Yeah, I agree uh, that you know occasionally Sean Payton would overthink things and, and do something like that. The same thought occurred to me when they made the call. It, You go back and you look at the two touchdown drives. The first one, I believe, was was four plays and about 75 yards. And then the second drive, I think they had to drive farther. It took more plays. But there were about six or seven pass completions from Winston. He was in such a groove on those two drives that there was nothing the Falcons could do to stop him. And I just don't understand why after those two plays – why you would snap the ball to any human being other than Jameis Winston, unless maybe you were going to try and have Kasem Hill run it in. But to, to go with the Mark England thing, that was a case of overthinking it. And I'm sure Pete would like to have that call Back. That That's something he probably should have kept in his hip pocket for another day because they haven't really shown that play before. But that wasn't the right time to do it, and it just looked awkward from, from the get-go. It was just a, uh, a bad call, bad execution, and they, they could have easily squandered their comeback at that point, and yet they still found a way to win at that late point uh, with that play being botched.
2: It looked bad for three quarters, but in the fourth quarter, they just turned it on, and Winston was nearly perfect in the fourth. Michael Thomas stepped up in a big way. I felt like they didn't target him enough early on. They finally got him going, and he proved to be a monster. And uh, You and I talked about this, that of all the moves they made in the offseason— and all the high-profile moves they made with the draft picks and free agency and so forth and so forth, that the guy that may be the most important move they made may have been Jarvis Landry. And he had a huge game. You can tell he has chemistry with Winston, that they're on the same page. Jarvis is his get-out-of-jail-free card, right? That's the guy that's going to be the guy that he's going to throw to when he's in trouble. Jarvis also helps Michael Thomas. I just... I mean, they're paying that guy Zapp's potato chips, essentially, less. And he stepped up in a big way, over 100 yards receiving.
9: Yeah, I I think uh, as time goes on, uh, everyone's going to be appreciating the significance of that signing more and more. Even though everyone liked it at the time, I think the impact may be greater than than a lot of us realized when it first happened. You know, Jameis talked about this yesterday, that when – Landry came in for his visit, and then, if you remember, it was pretty late in free agency for somebody that good to still be on the market. And Winston said, when he saw Jarvis in the building for his visit, he was he was like, "We can't let this guy get out of here. We got we got to sign him." That, that this opportunity is too good. And he not only I mean, he made the phenomenal catch on the sideline uh, on the the drive that led to the winning field goal, but the, you know we talked so much about his ability to get open and catch the ball underneath which is going to be a great compliment to mike thomas but he can also get open down the field quite a bit i think you're right about the the early chemistry with Jameis winston and then the other thing that that gets overlooked is he's a really good blocker and he threw a key block on taysom hill's touchdown run he's just a, a very complete wide receiver a real gamer and uh, just one of the most significant pickups, not only uh, this off season, but one of the best free agent pickups I think uh, in several years.
2: Talking with Les East of ChristianCitySports.com. he joins us here on RP Three and Company. You know, the uh, another name that really stood out to me from that game, and, and Demario had a rough start of it, right? He, he got, I mean, he got bulldozed a couple times. The defense, the front seven in particular looked bad at times but Pete Werner man he had himself a good game you see why the Saints decided that it wasn't a priority to bring back Quan Alexander because they felt like they had the guy already in house that can man sideline to sideline for them at the linebacker spot
9: yeah he played well and and he's played pretty well you know since he arrived as a rookie last year and that they really like him he's you know that that will linebacker that they they use uh, a lot with their um, their nickel scheme. Uh, he's really been effective doing that. He's a great complement to Demario Davis. You know, I think one of the problems that the defense had up front, and I think even Davis, as good as he is, may have had this problem a bit, is the starters played so little in the preseason that there just wasn't a lot of contact. And they ran into Cordarell Patterson, who's just such a physical runner. And I think at times the physicality of the game uh, was more than they were really up to based on limited action in the preseason. But that didn't seem to affect Werner a lot, who did not play much in the preseason. He was nicked up on almost all of training camp. He's not the most physical player. He gets by more on speed than physicality. And yet, uh, he made a lot of plays because he was uh, in the right place at the right time. Very smart player, and uh, really pursues to the ball extremely well.
2: All right, let's turn the page and let's talk about this week's matchup. Tampa Bay comes to town, less, and their offensive line is is hobbled. They got a guy, a starter, that's going to be a game time decision. Uh, Chris Godwin's probably going to be a game-time decision. They're all pro wide receiver. They still have Tom Brady and company, and Leonard Fournette ran like a madman against Dallas. But they also had to settle for a lot of field goals. And we know how this series goes between the Saints and the Bucs since Tom has been there. Give me your key to a victory this Sunday inside the Caesar Superdome.
9: Well, the Saints are going to have to do what they've done with the, the last four games, regular season games against Brady. They've actually won seven straight regular season games against the Bucks four since Brady's been there. And what they've done is they've pressured Brady. They've sacked him, I believe. Uh, they've they generally averaged about three sacks per game and about two or three takeaways from Brady in those four games. They've gotten pressure on him, uh, gotten him to the ground Disrupted his rhythm and uh, forced turnovers, and they they're going to have to do that again. You know, three Buccaneers wide receivers that their, their top three: Godwin and Russell Gage from LSU, and uh, Julio Jones all missed practice yesterday. I, I think at least one or two of them will be able to play uh, on a uh, on Sunday. Although I don't know how healthy they'll be. The left tackle missed practice, so. You know, we'll see who's actually out there for the Buccaneers. Uh, so they, they're beat up a little more so than the Saints at this point. But they played really well against a good Cowboys team on the road the other night. So I, I think if the Saints can uh, harass Brady the way they've done the last two years, then that's the formula for success. But if he's able to operate with uh, without that kind of pressure, uh, the the Saints' defense is going to have a hard time slowing them down. I think even with the injuries, Fournette had over 100 yards on Sunday night, and the Saints gave up uh, 201 yards to the Falcons. So a lot of that was from Marcus Mariota, and Brady didn't present that same challenge.
2: Les, appreciate your time as always, brother. Enjoy covering the game on Sunday, and we'll talk to you next Thursday, my friend. Thanks, Raymond. We got to take a timeout. Don't forget... To vote on our poll question of the day, leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. What are the chances? Do you like the chances of LSU taking down Mississippi State inside Tiger Stadium on Saturday? We want to hear from you. Get those comments in. We'll continue to update it throughout the final hour of today's show. But look, are you ready for week two of Thursday Night Football? Because it's tonight. Los Angeles Chargers, Kansas City Chiefs, AFC West Showdown. Get ready for the week of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. $200. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. Must be 21 years of age to play, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as a free bet. One early win token issued at opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions do apply. Eligibility and terms can be found at DraftKings.com slash footballterms. Licensee partners, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles. And if you got a gambling problem, call one 770 stop Coming up next, we're going to talk about a great event here in Acadiana coming up. It involves tinsels and treasures. It's never too early, fellas, to get your Christmas shopping out of the way. Maddie Pierce will be joining us coming next right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And you're home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros. It's never a bad idea to go ahead and get your holiday shopping done early. Trust me on this. You don't want to be standing there holding the bag, so to speak, trying to scramble to find your loved one a gift, you know, three days before Christmas Eve. Why not take advantage of a great local event, That also helps raise money for the community. Joining us now here in RP3 and Company is Maddie Pierce from the Junior League of Lafayette. They have their Tinsel and Treasures Holiday Market event. It's coming up September 21st through the 24th at the Cajun Dome. A great event that helps raise money. It also helps you out with your holiday shopping. Joining us now is Maddie. Maddie, good morning to you. How are you?
6: Good morning. We're good. We're good. We're happy to be here and ready to get in the Christmas spirit.
2: Let's talk a little bit about holding this event, Tinsels and Treasures. It's been a mainstay here in the community. Give us a little bit about the background on the Junior League of Lafayette's involvement with this and, you know, why is it so important for you guys to put on this event every year?
6: Yeah, absolutely. So um, we started this about 34 years ago. It's basically shopping for a cause. Every um, dollar that we make from tickets, events, all of the things. Um, it goes right back into our community. We work with several different um, scholarship programs, Boys and Girls Club, Lafayette Parish School Systems, and so much more. So it's it's important because this is our biggest fundraiser to give back to the community.
2: Now, obviously, you guys have been holding this event now for three-plus decades. Like everyone else, the last couple of years have been interesting when it comes to holding events and everything like that. But it seems like we've now gotten back to a, a, a level of normalcy and everything like that and it seems like for me just from being someone who lives here locally maybe I don't know even more enthusiasm now than there was before.
6: Yeah for sure we're back um, full force this year so we have our children's event back in person it's been virtual the last two years Um, that'll definitely get kids of all ages in the Christmas spirit we have so many different activities planned for the children Um, and then we also have our preview party back, $65 tickets. That'll get you a fabulous night cocktail party with Nickel Beer Band. Um, Lots of silent auction items for you to bid on and um yeah get dressed in your fanciest attire we also have a few new events this year bells bubbly and bingo that um will get you a mimosa and a bingo card to play bingo and there's 10 fabulous prizes from flawless anti-aging clinic um so yeah we're looking forward to it it's like i said back in full force we're happy to be back in full force and like i said raise that money for that community
2: You had me at bingo and alcohol, so that's always always a good sign. We're sitting here talking with Maddie Pierce. She's from the Junior League of Lafayette. They're gearing up for their annual Tinsels and Treasures Holiday Market event. That's going to be September 21st through the 24th. Anyone who's listening that's never been. What can they expect just walking around the market? You know, you know, they have no idea. Let's say it's just, you know, uh, some husband out there that just wants to do get something nice for his wife. When he comes there and buys his ticket and comes, what can he get? What are some of the products that he can buy? What are some of the gifts that he can make sure to go ahead and secure and stash away for his wife for this upcoming Christmas?
6: Yeah, so we have over a hundred vendors. Um, some are local, some are not. Some are new, some have been there forever. So husbands have so many different items to choose from: jewelry, clothes, makeup, um, fragrances, all all things. Even Christmas decor will be there. Christmas wrapping paper will be there. So you can it's a one stop shop. You can get everything that you need for you, your spouse, your family, your children, all of it. And you can get yourself a few good things too. Whether you're you know man, woman, whoever you are Um, there's going to have anything for anybody is going to be there
2: let's talk about obviously the revenue generated here is going to help to go to some good causes uh, here locally in the community what are some of the causes that the junior league of lafayette likes to donate to using the tinsel and treasures holiday market event as kind of the source of those those funds so to speak
6: yeah, so we have a scholarship program that we just started this year for girls um, in high school. Um, we have the Diaper Bank of Lafayette that's partnered with some of the local hospitals. Um, we also work with the Boys and Girls Club, Lafayette Parish School Systems. We do grants for several different organizations throughout the community. Um So, yeah, I mean, there's lots that I haven't even listed, but, you know, your main your main organizations in Lafayette, we are somehow involved in whether it's um, financially or physically. We are involved with helping the community however we can.
2: Now, I have to ask you, because I think I know the answer, but I was always taught not to assume, so I'm just going to go ahead and ask. You guys have this event in late September. You know, I know going to any store right now, it's nothing but fall, 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 Halloween, 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 and then as soon as that turns, it's time for Thanksgiving and then Christmas. Do you guys always have the event in September because you feel like that's kind of the sweet spot, so to speak, before everything gets dominated by Halloween? You guys have your event and have the opportunity to celebrate Christmas and also put the focus on that holiday, because if you don't do it then, I assume you really don't have that many options once the calendar turns to October.
6: Right. You know, falls a very busy time between football and, um, yeah, all the fall things. Uh, Halloween, like you said, Thanksgiving, fall break, all of it. So this is, like you said, the sweet spot, you assume correctly. Um, it's start, you know, just to get you early prepared um, because, you know, it, ha- it comes up quickly so um yeah it it just kind of gets you going and helps all those people that are organized and people that aren't organized but they also have things there that aren't um christmas related like i said you can get anything from clothes they'll have halloween things um the merchants are good about a wide variety of items you can buy whether it's christmas themed or not
2: don't forget about the mimosas and the bingo. I just want to. I just want to say that 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 caught that caught my ear right there. Uh, we're wrapping up our conversation with Maddie Pierce. She's the uh, with the Junior League of Lafayette Tinsels and Treasures Holiday Market event is coming up September 21st through the 24th at the Cajun Dome. Why is it important? Why is this such a special thing to come to for those days and experience what you guys do with Tinsels and Treasures?
6: Yeah. So like I've said, it's going to get you in the Christmas spirit, regardless. But also, it's shopping for a cause. Many Causes at that. Um, And every proceed that we make goes directly back into the community.
2: All right, one more sports-related question. We talked off the air. Come to find out you have a connection to one of our stations because over on our sister station, Z1059, we broadcast the Karen Crow Golden Bears football games with Ben Love and Blaine Viator. Come to find out you actually have a connection to Karen Crow High School. What would that be, Maddie?
6: Yes, my husband is the defensive line coach. Go Bears! (laughs)
2: <laughs> there you go. Go Bears. Appreciate Maddie Pierce of the Junior League of Lafayette for joining us. Once again, just a reminder Tinsels and Treasures holiday market events coming up September 21st to the 24th at the Cajun Dome. Maddie, tell the folks where they can go to get more information, either whether it's a website or on social media.
6: Yeah, absolutely. You can visit our webpage, juniorleagueoflafayette.com. Ticketmaster also has tickets, and you can call us at our headquarters. Just Google Junior League of Lafayette, and you'll be able to find us somehow, some way.
2: Maddie, appreciate your time. Best of luck with the event, and I hope you and your family have a great rest of 2022.
6: Thank you so much for having us.
2: Once again, Maddie Pierce from the Junior League of Lafayette. Tinsels and Treasures Holiday Market event coming up September 21st to the 24th at the Cajun Dome. Hey, don't forget to head over to Acadiana Bar and Grill at 327 Iberia Street in Youngsville this Saturday and hang out with the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Hannah Five Names, that's right, the producer extraordinaire, is going to be there from noon to one giving away tickets for both Raging Cajun football and LSU football games. Swing by to register, hang with Hannah, spin the prize wheel, and you can score a pair of tickets to either a Raging Cajuns football game or an LSU football game. This Saturday from noon to one at Acadiana Bar & Grill we got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up as we're going to giddy up with Coach Gary Goff. That's next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: We're roping in McNeese head football coach Gary Goff here on RP3 and company to talk Cowboy football. It's time for Giddy Up with Gary Goff.
2: coach welcome brother how are you today i'm doing good how are you i'm doing great man i'm doing great must be uh feeling pretty good to finally get to have a game week where you don't have to leave lake charles and you get to play under the lights in front of the home crowd how exciting is it for y'all's first home game this week
10: oh very exciting we're we're tired of these trips we're getting back at two in the morning or five in the morning so uh we're excited to be home and uh, first game in the hole under lights in a long, long time. So, uh, and, and many of us our first time. So we're very excited about it.
2: Coach, let's go, let's go back to last week. Cause I know in the opener, when we spoke afterwards, mm-hmm. you know, you were pleased with the effort that was there. Just some of the execution was off and you guys were able to hang tough with a team that had played for a national championship, the prior season. And last week, you guys lose fifty-two to ten to Rice. I know you expressed your disappointment afterwards, and that you were a little surprised. What was the biggest thing that maybe caught you off guard about the performance of your team on the road in Houston last Saturday?
10: Well, I think if we're being honest, I, I think we went in there we were timid. You know, we, we started the game off. Um, you know, trying to you know can, can we play with these guys? Can we not? Um, you know, we just we didn't go in there and uh, give it our best effort. Uh, and uh, you, know, you you can't play the sport timid. You can't play the sport waiting for your opponent to, uh, you know, kind of throw the first punch. If you do, then uh, you're, you're in some trouble. And that's exactly what happened. And uh, so, so very disappointed, uh, especially that first half, second half, we, we came out and played, played better, still made some mistakes. But, um, you know, we, we got to learn how to, you know, take the field uh, with with the attitude. uh, We're going to play extremely hard and, uh, you know, do our our best each and every play. And uh, then then figure out who the better team is rather than going into a game thinking who the better team is.
2: You guys went into there, and just like in the previous week's game, you were able to run the football extremely well. And so far on the season, Coach, through the first two games, you guys have been able to – you know rush the ball 55 times you're averaging six yards an attempt in 165 yards per game uh just talk a little bit about your offensive line and your running back's ability to be able to be effective in the run game
8: yeah
10: you know and I think that was one of the big questions uh, going into last week's game is uh how we'd hold up against Rice's D-line I think uh Rice's D-line is the strength of their program and um you know, I, I think our line did a great job, and our running backs did a great job. Now, there, there's obviously, you know, some coaching areas we want to improve on, mistakes um, here and there. But overall, you know, I, I thought our line played hard. Our running backs, uh, you know, take away that first quarter. They started playing hard after that. And, um, you know, I think they figured out, well, you know, heck, we can actually move these guys a little bit and create some lanes for our running backs. Our running backs did a great job, you know, breaking some tackles. But, um, you know, our, our, we got two very dynamic running backs, and I think our line play is going to continue to strengthen uh, with each and every snap.
2: Let's talk about your quarterbacks. Uh, they've been inconsistent so far through the first two games. I know they're not kind of playing up to their potential and, and what you expect them to do to be the leader of your offense. What are some of the things that maybe aren't transitioning that you're seeing in practice when it comes to game time?
10: Well, you know, it, it, it's hard to simulate. Um game reps at practice right uh just the speed of it but um you know again we had a clean week last week at practice was really excited going into last week's game um but you know we, we made some critical mistakes and we, we had a, a few you know snaps that were low and uh, that, that didn't help and then um you know, I, I think right now two very young quarterbacks is the first time starting and they're only sophomores um, you know, instead of managing the game, they're, they're trying to make too much happen on their own. And uh, they, they just got to trust their, their, uh, their, their, their coaching right there and uh, go from progression to progression rather than, you know, before that ball's being snapped, or, oh, I, we got a great play called right here. I'm, I'm making sure I'm, I'm throwing that ball to this guy no matter what. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if they're actually – I don't think they're thinking that as much as they're just trying to make a big play uh, again and again and again, and that, that's not how the game works. Um, They've just got to trust the system, trust the progression, and the big plays will happen. Um, but, you know, I do think, uh, once again, I really like uh, Knox's poise. I think with every snap, you know, Knox is uh, only going to get better. So, um, you know, Knox is going to be our starter, and uh, we'll, we'll continue to develop Cam.
2: So what's the role that Cam's going to have, Coach? Is he going to be coming in in certain packages? Is that going to be scripted out? Or is it going to be more of a kind of a feel for the game situational football?
10: Well, isn't that the million-dollar question? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, you know, it's, it's this week it's, it's probably going to be a, a feel for the game, you know. Um, I, I'm – I'm going in this game as Knox being our number one, and um, I-, I want him to, you know, have that support from me and, and play freely, not not sitting there thinking that if he makes a mistake, I'm going to pull him. Um, you know, so I-, I want Knox going out there as the one and, and uh, having learned from these last two games, uh, critical mistakes got to be cut out, and then we'll see where the game's going. We'll, we'll see the flow of the game if uh, you know how much of a role camel has in, in it or not.
2: We're talking with McNeese head football coach, Gary Golf. He joins us here in RP3 and company. Coach, let's talk about your your offense a little bit more. You know, watching you guys play the first couple of weeks, uh, you know, online and from afar, I, I, you're not that far, right? When it, when it comes to the passing game, it's really not that far. Sometimes the wide receiver and the quarterback are just a few yards off or the timing's just a little bit off. What are some of the things that you and your staff are working with Knox and working with that wide receiving core that way you guys can be on the same page and be far more efficient come Saturday against Alcorn.
10: Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, you can kind of see the growing pains, right? You can kind of see uh, that you know, these guys hadn't ran the system together before, um, and they're learning, you know, in the process of these games, which, um, you know, the biggest thing right there is we, we are moving some receivers around. You know, we're, we're trying to um, – we need a playmaker at that position to kind of step up and make some plays for us. Um, you know, we, we've got one, but we need a, we need a few more too. Uh, so this week in practice, we we made a few changes with receivers, um, you know, by moving them at different positions, and then, uh, you know, having our quarterback understand you know the leverage of the defender a little bit more, and, um, and you're really understanding why we're calling a play. Uh, we're just not going out there calling plays from the hip. There, there's a rhyme and reason behind it, and so you know, we, we're we're meeting more together as the quarterbacks, receivers, and uh, just making sure that they don't have any, any doubt or question about the game plan. Um, and, and we've been doing that all along, but I think after this Sunday's meeting with them, they understand, like, no, no. If you don't like a play, I won't call it. If you clearly don't understand a play, I won't call it. So, uh, you know, just really trying to, you know, see what we're really good at and uh, just continue to execute uh, th- those few plays, if it is, or, or more and more plays. I've been asked a lot, you know, hey, you're going to you open up a playbook. Well, only as much as my quarterbacks let me. Uh, Ultimately, they're the ones pulling the trigger. We can't go out there and play the game anymore. Um, But, you know, we're just trying to make sure they understand leverage and they understand, you know, the, the why behind the play call.
2: Coach, let's talk about your defense. You know, we talked about how effective you guys are able to run the football and teams are really kind of running the football against you. Now, part of that is because they get ahead and then they're just wanting to eat clock and kind of wear down your defense. So that's part of it. But the opposition yeah. is averaging five and a half yards of pop, 275 and a half per game. You've played an FBS team and you've played a team that played for a national championship a year before. So that's part of it as well. What are some of the things that you guys need to improve on, in particular with the run defense?
10: Well, just eye discipline. I mean, I thought Montana State did a good job with us uh, with some um, eye candy. As far as giving us different motions and, and kind of you know getting our backers you know to, to look in different areas rather than reading their keys, uh, so we got to continue work on that our our, our keys um, and, and then you know just just make some better you know open field tackles you know get get the carrier down you know um, you know there, there's there's no secret that you know Alcorn State uh, they they've done a really good job at, at running the ball as well so um, you know they're a, they're a tempo team that likes to play extremely fast but you know, run, 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 and then take a shot. So, um, our secondary can't fall asleep at all, but at the same time, you know, we, we can't let them have five yards of carry. That's, um, you know, the, we got to be better than that.
2: Let's talk about this week's opponent, Alcorn State out of the swack. same level of competition as you guys, in you know, uh, neighboring state. So, it's going to, they're going to bring some fans as well. Plus, it's the first night game for you guys in a long time, but let's focus in on the Braves what type of challenges do they present based on the film that you've watched?
10: Well, they play extremely hard. Um, you know, their schedule's been very similar to us. You know, they played a, uh, a top-ranked uh, team to start the season, Stephen F. Austin, and they had the lead in that game for three and a half quarters. You know, uh, Stephen F. You know, scored late in the fourth quarter there uh, to take the lead. So, um, they've got talent. You know, they got a lot of transfers themselves. You know, their their entire defense is. Besides a few or seniors and, and transfers um, at that, so um, you know it's in, in many ways we're we're looking at the man in the mirror. I mean, they are very similar to us on both sides of the ball right now, and uh, you know partly because you know they, they've also played a FBS opponent in Tulane, who um, you know kept the ball from them and had a lot of plays, which means out. So um, it's it, it's kind of. Um, it's, it's eye opening when you start comparing all the stats to both programs. They're, they're just about identical, but they've got talent, um, but they play really hard. They do. They, they fly around and they play really hard on both sides of the ball. They're a physical football team.
2: All right, let's talk about the fact that this is, you know, there's a lot of buzz about this game, Coach. It's the first time they've played at 7 o'clock since 2014, it's the first night game. They're in the hole since before the hurricanes lots of pride lots of lake charles pride southwest louisiana pride lots of buzz tailgating sold out the whole nine yards just talk about how you're feeling about this game and just what the folks in the community are telling you about how excited they are to have a night game <laughs> there at the hole
10: they, they've been they've been telling me they're they're excited about this night game our night games ever since we stepped foot in louisiana uh, yeah, but no, I mean it, it. It is really special. I mean Lake Charles, uh, they, they they love uh, McNeese State Athletics, um, and, and they're big big supporters of the football program. So uh, we we want to go out there and do everything our power to make them proud. And uh, the, the team knows that as well. I mean, um, you know we ha- we've had two you know difficult losses right off the bat, and uh, the support and the care and the love from the community um, has been amazing, amazing. And- that's really encouraging, but, um, it means a lot to us. It means a lot to our team to go out there and put on a good show for them. Um, you know, so we're, we're excited about it. We're excited about the opportunity and, uh, just looking forward to it.
2: Coach. Appreciate your time As always, best of luck come Saturday. I'll be there in attendance, seeing you guys firsthand. It should be a great atmosphere. Best of luck come Saturday, coach. Thank you,
10: bud. Hey, thank you so much.
1: Tune in next Thursday for Giddy Up with Gary Goff here on RP3 and Company.
2: Hey, time is running out. If you want to score some tickets to see the Houston Astros live in person, it's our final Astros weekend giveaway of the regular season. Simply go register in the Game Rewards Club to score yourself four tickets to see Houston take on Tampa Bay Saturday, October the 1st. We're even going to throw in, wait for it, a tour of the ballpark and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. This is the last, the final Astros weekend giveaway of the regular season. Astro weekend getaways, of course, are powered by Butcher AC, La Meridian Houston downtown, and the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We got to take our final timeout of today's RP3 and company. We'll wrap up this Thursday edition of the show, finalize the poll question of the day, and get you set up for Kevin Foot and footnotes. That's all coming up next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you ready for week two of Thursday Night Football? Los Angeles Chargers, Kansas City Chiefs. AFC West showdown you can get ready for the week two of touchdowns big plays and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL new customers can bet just five dollars on any football game and get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly if you want more action everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion it's simple bet on LA or KC to win if your team leads by seven at any point during the game you get paid instantly even if your team loses Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, right now. Use promo code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets instantly. Just when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years of age to play. Physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as a free bet. One early win token issued at opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions do apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner is Golden Nugget Lake Charles. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-877-770-STOP. Final results of the poll question of the day. How do you like LSU's chances of beating Mississippi State on Saturday inside Tiger Stadium? 49% 49% of you say like their chances, 34% say don't like their chances, 12% say love their chances, and 5% of you say you hate their chances. Appreciate all of you who commented and voted on the poll question of the day. I also want to thank our caller. Shout out to Jamie. Shout out to Doug this morning. I also want to take a moment to thank our guest, Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. Maddie Pierce for Tinsels and Treasures, Les East from CrescentCitySports.com, and Gary Goff, McNeese head football coach. That's going to do it for us. For the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah, five names, I'm Raymond the third, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again tomorrow, 6 to 9. But until then, be safe out there, be kind to one another. Kevin Foote and Footnotes is up next right here on The Game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.